Amen. Thank you, Pastor. Good morning, good morning, good morning. I'd like to uh, start off with a little story. Um, and I can tell this story for two reasons. One, because my wife is not in this service. <laughs> and two, it's for the Lord. So y'all pray for me for the second service because she'll be here in the second service. <laughs> but when, when my wife and I first got married, first of all, my wife is from Colombia. If uh, you don't know that, my, my wife was born and raised in Colombia, and then uh, we got married, and she moved over here in America, and one of those nights, um, one of the first nights that she was here, we were walking around, we were walking around downtown, and we got hungry, but it was late, and for whatever reason, the places that she would like to eat were all closed. And our car was far, and we were just walking, and I know some of us can be like the Snickers commercial when we're hungry, we just turn into a diva, turn into somebody else. And that's, uh, and that's basically what happened uh, with my wife. And I say this lovingly, <laughs> I say this lovingly. <laughs> but she, um, so in, in frustration, uh, we're on our way home, and I'm thinking, man, I got to get her something to eat right now. I got to get her something to eat. And my wife is not one for, for fast food, but because she was so hungry, I was thinking, there's a Burger King right here. We can get something for you. So because she was so hungry, I was like, okay. And if you know my wife, she's kind of small. And I was like, what about, what about a Whopper Junior? Maybe, maybe, maybe that'll satisfy her. And then I thought, no, 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 no. We'll, we'll get her a real burger, a Whopper a Whopper, and she doesn't know what that is. Me and you know what that is. Me and you know what a Whopper is, and a Whopper is a huge burger. Um, so just to give you guys some reference, I want to show a picture from a restaurant in Cali, Colombia called El Chuso de Nando, and these are the kinds of burgers that she is used to. So when she was telling me, when she was asking me, are you sure that this is enough for me? Are you, are, you, are you sure that this is going to fill me up? I said, yes, absolutely. I look at you. You're small. The Whopper's going to be great. So we're in the car. We go through the drive-thru, and this is what they give us at <laughs> Burger King. <laughs> Long story short, my wife was not satisfied with the burger. That was a husband lesson for me, husband 101 get to know my wife better. But that's how I got to know my wife and understand that I'm not, this, that's not a burger. That's not a burger. So, <laughs> you know, in my relationship with my wife and getting to know her, I learned these things. I have an idea of what I think would please my wife. But in learning about her and spending time with her, she makes it clear that Nah, the Whopper is not going to do it for me. It's not going to do it for me. And in our relationship with God, when I consider worship, there's a certain way that we should worship God. There is, it, it, it is possible to worship God in such a way that would not be pleasing to him. And, and I'm reminded of that because of this verse here. In, in Psalm 4, verse 5, it says, Offer right 
sacrifices and trust the Lord. Unfortunately, some of us, God wants that chuso de nando kind of worship, and we're giving him whopper worship. Not the commercial worship, real life whopper worship. <laughs> Offer right sacrifices and put your trust in the Lord. I want to I wanna dive into th- into this idea of what it means to offer a right sacrifice to God. A sacrifice that would be pleasing to God. A worship that would be pleasing to the Lord. And we, and we see that this is important if, if we jump to Malachi chapter 1, verses 6 through 14. It says this, A son honors his father, and a slave his master. If I am a father, where is the honor due me? If I am a master, where is the respect due me, says the Lord Almighty? It is you priests who show contempt for my name. But you ask, how have we shown contempt for your name? By offering defiled food on my altar. Let me just pause here to make sure that we're all on the same page. Before Jesus, the way that we worshiped God was through various um, sacrifices, various offerings. And one of these ways is, would, would be to sacrifice an animal or, or dif- through different ways, like, like a burnt offering. And uh, uh, God makes very clear uh, how we should do that or how these priests should do that. And it is the very best that we should give to God. So, verse 7, it says, by offering defiled food on my altar, but you ask, how have we defiled you? And this is what the Lord says to these priests. By saying that the Lord's table is contemptible. When you offer blind animals for sacrifice, is that not wrong? When you sacrifice lame or diseased animals, is that not wrong? Try offering them to your governor. Would he be pleased with you? Would he accept you, says the Lord Almighty? So what these priests were doing, they had their cattle. They had their animals. They had them. And they were choosing not the best to give to God. They were choosing the one of least sacrifice to give to God. They were choosing the animal that was already blind. They were choosing the animal that was already sick that was going to die anyway. The lame animal, they were choosing that animal to give to God. And God is calling them out on it. How, how can you offer this to me? I tell you to give me your best. Verse 9, now plead with God to be gracious to us with such offerings from your hands. Will he accept you, says the Lord Almighty. Oh, that one of you would shut the temple doors so that... You would not light useless fires on my altar. I am not pleased with you, says the Lord Almighty, and I will accept no offering from your hands. My name will be great among the nations from where the sun rises and where it sets. In every place, incense and pure offerings will be brought to me because my name will be great among the nations, says the Lord Almighty. But you profane it by saying the Lord's table is defiled and its food is contemptible. And you say, what a burden. And you sniff at it contemptuously, says the Lord Almighty. When you bring injured, lame, 
or diseased animals and offer them as sacrifices, should I accept them from your hands, says the Lord. Cursed is the cheat who has an acceptable male in his flock and vows to give it, but then sacrifices a blemished animal to the Lord. For I am a great king, says the Lord Almighty, and my name is to be feared among the nations. God takes very seriously how we are to worship him. And you know, just at the surface level right here, and we know this, give our best to God. Also this idea of giving our first fruits, sacrifice. This is how we worship the Lord. Worshiping the Lord together is more than just singing some songs. But worshiping the Lord is about giving our best to God. And I came across this idea too. And I don't want to take this verse out of context because there's only one verse on this, but it prompted an idea, and it's in the King James Version. Pastor would call this a King James moment right here in Isaiah 61.8. And it's just the first part right there. For I, the Lord, love judgment. I hate robbery for burnt offering. And this brought about this idea in my mind. Somebody stealing from someone else's animals to sacrifice on their own altar before God. Is that pleasing to the Lord? I'm going to take your best and put it on my altar so that I can please God. No. What does that mean for us? How do, me and you do not, I hope me and you do not sacrifice animals. You don't have to anymore. It's not necessary to please and honor God in, in that manner. But how do we take verses like these and uh, help us shape and inform the way that we worship God. And I believe in our culture and in our church culture, it's very easy to worship God hiding behind the sacrifice and the offering of the person that's on the altar, on the stage. My offering his worship unto him unto the Lord, and I will ride his coattails into the presence of God. My God, I'm sorry, my pastor is the one who's living a holy life, and I just have to come to church and say amen to his life and amen to whatever he's saying, and God will be pleased because I'm in church, because I go to the Bible study, because I helped out at community day yesterday, because I did these things, God is pleased with me. The problem with that is that this is not my sacrifice. I'm worshiping God with your sacrifice. This worship doesn't cost me anything. I'm not recognizing the struggles of my own heart. I'm not going through the sacrifice of confronting my sin or even recognizing and admitting that I am in sin. I'm hiding behind your obedience. I'm hiding behind your fight. I'm hiding behind your relationship. This kind of worship that we would sing unto God without an obedient heart to the Father is not pleasing to the Father. That is not worship. And we see the first time 
No, I'm not going to go there yet. But I want to give an example here of what worship is and how God desires obedience over, over the acts of worship, over, 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 the, over going through, uh, I guess, the ritual of worship, of just lifting our hands and coming to service. And here we have Samuel. And just to give you some backstory, King Saul was commanded to destroy a town, and King Saul decided to take things into his own hands because he wanted to please the Lord. He thought that he was going to please the Lord. So we look over here in 1 Samuel 15, verses 17 through 22, and it says, Samuel said to him, although you were once small in your own eyes, did you not become the head of the tribes of Israel? The Lord anointed you king over Israel, and he sent you on a mission saying, go and completely destroy those wicked people. Uh, the Amalekites rage war against them until you have wiped them out. Why did you not obey the Lord? Why did you pounce on the plunder and do evil in the eyes of the Lord? But I did obey the Lord, Saul said. I went on the mission the Lord assigned me. I completely destroyed the Amalekites and brought back Agag, their king. The soldiers took sheep and cattle from the plunder, the best of what was devoted to God, in order to sacrifice them to the Lord your God at Gilgal. But Samuel replied, does the Lord delight in burnt offerings and sacrifices as much as in obeying the Lord? To obey is better than sacrifice, and to heed is better than the fat of rams. We see here that obedience is true worship unto the Lord. Not empty words that we sing, not trivial um, traditions that we have within the church. Again, not our church attendance, but obedience to the word of God. That is true and acceptable worship to him. Another story, again, the first time that we hear and see the word worship, in the Bible is in Genesis 22. Verse one, some, sometime later, God tested Abraham and he said to him, Abraham, here I am, he replied. Then God said, take your son, your only son whom you love, Isaac, and go to the region of Moriah, sacrifice him there as a burnt offering on a mountain, I will show you. We know this story. And for, again, to make sure that we're all on the same page, God had chosen Abraham to bless. And up until this point, throughout the journey, uh, uh, Abraham's father had just died. He had his nephew and he had his wife. And God called Abraham and said, hey, I want you to leave this land and I want you to go on. Because I'm going to make you into a great nation. He promises him this, and Abraham's, okay, yes, I will go. So throughout this journey up until this point, he reminds him of this promise, of this promise. He reminds him of the promise. I think I'm going to make you great. You are going to have uh, a family lineage that would be, excuse me, a family lineage that would be, that would be, uh, that you wouldn't be able to count. It'd be as many as the grains of sand at the sea. 
And then we get to this point uh, where he has a son, and this is the way that God is going to complete his promise. This is the way that God is going to uh, fulfill his promise, fulfill his word as God. And he, and he commands Abraham to sacrifice the only, pro- the only way for God to complete the promise that he's been making to him along this journey. Verse 3, early the next morning, Abraham got up loaded his donkey, he took with him two of his servants and his son Isaac. When he had cut enough wood for the burnt offering, he set out for the place God had told him about. On the third day, God looked up and saw the place in the distance. He said to his servants, stay here with the donkey while I and the boy go over there. We will worship. Then we will come back to you. This is the first time the word worship is used in the Bible. And I want to stress to you that worship unto the Lord is not music, it's not community service. It's obedience to whatever God has called you to do. You will see the fullness of God in your life and the power of the Holy Spirit in your life when you say yes to the Lord no matter what the sacrifice is. And this is powerful here because look at, go back to Psalm uh, 4, verse 5. Here we have both sacrifice and trust. And we see this. We see this. We see Abraham do this in verse uh In verse 5 of Genesis, go back to verse 5, please, in in, in Genesis 22. We see Abraham do this. I am going to offer my son a sacrifice because I trust the Lord. He knows that he's coming back. We will come back to you. He knows already that God is going to provide a way. God, you're asking me to sacrifice I don't know how you're going to work it out, but I say yes. And he had reason to say yes because he's already seen God work over and over again in his life. I don't know what you are holding on to this morning. I don't know what promises you are waiting on from God. And I don't know how God is going to work in your situation. All I know is that if you say yes to God, you will be blessed. And God will be honored and will see the sacrifice that you make for him as worship. Abraham took the wood for the burnt offering, placed it on his son Isaac, and he himself carried the fire and the knife. I'm sorry. God wants to take us to deep places. (laughs) 
God wants to do powerful things in our lives. And we have to let go sometimes to trust God. Would you trust God this morning? Would you trust him with your life? Would you trust him with your heart? Excuse me. Would you trust him this morning? Would you trust him with the things that you fear? Would you trust him with the things that weigh upon you? Would you place those things upon the altar? You don't have to carry these things anymore. Jesus died on the cross for you. Jesus has set you free. And all you have to do is say yes. All you have to do is say yes, I will be obedient to you. Yes, I will say yes to you, Holy Spirit. That's all you have to say. Jesus is the ultimate sacrifice for you. You have nothing to fear. Nothing to fear by saying yes to God. Nothing to fear by saying yes and being obedient to the Lord. Whatever you lose in this life, it will not compare. The suffering that we go through today will not compare to the glory that will be revealed in us. It will not compare. Would you say yes to the sacrifice in your heart to the Lord? Would you say yes to God? I know there are things on your heart that the Lord is asking you to give up. Would you say yes to him? Because we see it here as a clear picture, and I just get emotional because I cannot imagine placing my daughter. I love my daughter. I cannot imagine placing her before the Lord like that. Isaac spoke up to his father. Father, yes, my son Abraham replied. The fire and wood are here, Isaac said, but where is the lamb for the burnt offering? Look what Abraham says, God himself will provide the lamb for the burnt offering. This is true faith. Please excuse me, I'm sorry, I'm moved. I'm moved, I'm just moved by this, by Abraham's faith with God. And I pray that you would be moved to a place of obedience, a place of sacrifice. Let's not, let's not stop playing surface level Christianity. Let's go deeper with God. He's made a way for you. He's made a way for you. It's not about being a good person. It's not about fighting sin. And I say this, I feel like I say this every time, and forgive me if I'm repeating myself, but God defeated sin at the cross. Your battle is not against sin. Your battle is to, is, is to say yes to God in everything in your life. No matter the sacrifice, the reward is greater than the pain of sacrifice that we say when we say yes to him. We've said that, and we know the story. We know the story. When they reached the place God had told him about, Abraham built an altar there and arranged the wood on it. He bound his son Isaac and laid him on the altar on top of the wood. Then he reached out his hand and took the knife to slay his son. But the angel of the Lord called out to him from heaven, Abraham, Abraham. Here I am, he replied. Do not lay a hand on the boy, he said. Do not do anything to him. Now I know that you fear God because you have not withheld from me your son, your only son. Abraham looked up and there in a the thicket he saw a ram caught by its horns. He went over and took the ram and sacrificed it 
as a burnt offering instead of his son. So Abraham called that place, the Lord will provide. And to this day it is said, on the mountain of the Lord, it will be provided. The angel of the Lord called to Abraham from heaven a second time and said, I swear by myself, declares the Lord, that because you have done this and not have withheld your son and your only son, I will surely bless you and make your descendants as numerous as the stars in the sky and as the sand on the seashore. Your descendants will take possession of the cities of their enemies, and through your offspring, all nations on earth will be blessed because you have obeyed me. And some of you have already sacrificed. Some of you in this room have already said yes to God, and you are waiting for the blessing. And I encourage you this morning, just like what Pastor was saying this morning, it is coming. Jesus is coming, and he's coming to bless your life because of the sacrifices that you have made by saying yes to him. God works in his timing. Hold on. God has seen your sacrifice. And he honors you this morning because of the sacrifices that you have made in your life to honor him. In Romans 12, it tells us this. Therefore, I urge you, brothers and sisters, in view of God's mercy, to offer your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to God. This is your true and proper worship. And in, I was going to read more of chapter 12, but in chapter 12, it talks about all of the different ways that we are to say yes to God with our bodies and with our lives. We are living sacrifices. No longer do we place a lamb on the altar, we place ourselves on the altar before God. And we say, have your way in me, whatever it is that you want from my life, oh God, I will say yes to you. This is my worship unto you. And honestly, what else do we have to offer God but our hearts? And maybe you're saying today, I don't have anything of worth to give to God. My best isn't that good. I'm not the most knowledgeable of the word. I'm not the most daring person in here. I don't have great vision or leadership skills. I don't have an awe-inspiring testimony. But I encourage you with these verses here in Psalm 51, verses 16 through 17. You do not delight in sacrifice, or I would bring it. You do not take pleasure in burnt offerings. My sacrifice, O oh God, is a broken spirit. A broken and contrite heart you, God, will not despise. <laughs> Saying yes to the Lord. Being obedient to the Lord. This is true worship. Let's stand up together. Father, we thank you for your presence in this room right now, Lord God. Oh Lord, would you forgive us, God, for coming to you half-heartedly, 
for coming to you, Father, in a way that is not honorable to you, Jesus. For taking worship lightly, God. For not taking worship seriously, Lord. God, would you forgive us this morning? We know that you are a God who forgives, a God who restores. We know what your word says, that if we confess our sins, you are faithful and just to forgive and cleanse us of all unrighteousness, unrighteousness Lord, and we open our hearts to you this morning. Because we don't want to worship you our way. We want to worship you your way, God. The way that you have commanded us to worship, God, to worship you as living sacrifices, God. And this sacrifice goes on and on and on and on until the day that I die, until the day that we die, Father. Let us sacrifice unto you, Father, because you are worth it, Jesus. You're worth every sacrifice that we make, Lord God. And when we sacrifice to you, Jesus, we will see you move powerfully in our lives, Lord God. And some of us in this room, God, all we have to offer you is a broken heart. And I pray, Holy Spirit, that you would mend that broken heart in this room right now. Father, let there be healing in the name of Jesus. Maybe our hearts are broken in, in this room because of disappointment. Maybe our hearts are broken in this room because we're disappointed in you, God, because you moved in a way that we don't agree with. But Father, for that heart in this room, God, I pray, Lord, that you would just touch it right now. Bring healing and peace and strength to that heart, Lord Jesus. God, that they would be reminded of how good and faithful you are, Lord. God, that we would offer right sacrifices and trust you, God. You are good and you are still doing a good work, Father God. Let something change in our hearts this morning, Father. Let us leave this place. Father, with a greater burning desire to worship you in spirit and in truth, God, with our entire lives, with every aspect of our life, God. Not a halfway worship, but an honest and true worship, Lord Jesus. Work in our lives. Oh, sweet Jesus, we honor you, God. We love you, Father. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah.